Good afternoon. Uh, today, Alberta's government is keeping another commitment that we've made, and this one is profoundly important to me personally. It is the moral obligation of any government to use the extraordinary powers that we have to protect the most vulnerable members amongst us, to confront and stop those who would seek to exploit them, and punish uh, those responsible to the fullest extent of the law. There is no more crime more repugnant in our society than the scourge of human trafficking. This modern form of slavery that traps countless people and subjects them to a, lift, a life of victimhood, exploitation, and tragedy. More than 20 years ago, when I was a member of the federal parliament, I joined a group of international parliamentarians to launch a global campaign for action against human trafficking. It was the first step I took on the journey that eventually brought me here today. And in that period, I added new powers to help, uh, as Minister of Immigration, victims of human trafficking to be able to stay in Canada to escape their traffickers and to enjoy the protection of this country. Now, the, this modern form of slavery, of human trafficking, is a terrible scourge in our society. And I wish I could tell you the good news, but the reality is that this horrific practice continues on almost unabated not just in far-flung corners of the world, but right here in Canada, right here in Alberta. For many, this particular crime is so ugly that they would prefer not to even talk about it or think about it, let alone confront it publicly. But here in Alberta, and through the attention of governments, law enforcement and human rights organizations from around the world, that attitude has begun to shift. More and more people are becoming aware that ignoring human trafficking only allows it to flourish, to expand, and to damage more lives. Right here in Alberta, we had someone uh, who saw the need to take action and did it. Paul Brandt became one of the most prominent voices in Alberta's fight against this atrocious crime, using his profile as an award-winning recording artist to raise awareness of the human uh, sex trade and to speak up for those victims who for too long had not had an advocate, let alone a voice. Through this organization, through, I should say, his organization, Not In My City, uh, he developed plans to create change at all levels of society, from the grassroots all the way up to the provincial and federal government. And uh, in 2020, Alberta's government fulfilled our campaign commitment to create a human trafficking task force. Not In My City demonstrated Paul's commitment to this cause and his profile his experience and his commitment to ending this, this crime is in our province once and for all made him an ideal candidate to serve as chair of that task force. Joining Paul on the task force was a group of individuals similarly motivated to take on this form of modern-day slavery, people with a commitment to this cause, bringing with them decades of experience in law enforcement and social work, like Heather Forsyth, the former Solicitor General of Alberta and Minister of Children's Services, people like Jan Fox, Executive Director of REACH in Edmonton, Dale McPhee, the Police Chief in Edmonton, Douglas Retty, the former Senior Executive Director General of RCMP Indigenous Relations Services, Patricia Vargas, the Director of Catholic Social Services, and Tyler White, the CEO of Siksika Health Services. Their final report, uh, that they brought forward is the result of months and months of often difficult, and I want to pause to thank, for a second, to thank them all for going through the challenging and a profoundly difficult work uh, and distressing evidence to get here, because the work they have done is 
productive and extremely valuable. The report was informed by the advice and expertise of countless organizations and experts in the field of human trafficking and of sexual abuse. More importantly, it prioritizes the lived experience of survivors. It makes sure to honor their unique stories and to ensure that their voices are heard. There is still a daunting amount of work to be done to end human trafficking and its devastating impact on the lives of its victims and survivors. And while Alberta's government has already accepted all of the calls to action from the task force in its report, it's clear that we must continue to make broad social changes to reduce child abuse and childhood trauma, which creates the circumstances that often that predators exploit. In the words of Carly Church, a survivor who now counsels victims of human trafficking in Ontario, quotes, if youth are empowered, it is difficult to traffic them. All Albertans owe a debt of gratitude to the members of this human trafficking task force and all those who contributed to this report, especially the survivors who shared their stories and their experiences and lent their, lent their voices, often revisiting trauma that we cannot imagine. The strength and bravery of these individuals have, uh, have helped to empower people across our province and will help to inform our efforts to stop the scourge of human trafficking and prevent it from uh, damaging more lives. All levels of government have a moral obligation to act. Uh, we have too often uh, learned of the oppression of human trafficking after it has irreversibly changed the lives of its victims. And that's why it's so important that we take action and we all join the mission uh, that Paul, Prant, Paul Brandt started out with in 2017. We must work until human trafficking, uh, not in our cities, our province, our country, and our world. And I should just point out that uh, the completion of this uh, task force is one of the uh, elements of Alberta's nine-point uh, action plan to combat human trafficking. Uh, most of these elements are well underway. More work needs to be done. We'll hear more about that now from Minister Shandro and, uh, and others. Thank you. And I just want to echo Premier's praise of the work that the task force has done over the last several months. And they took on a daunting assignment. They worked with experts and thought leaders from around the world, and they listened to presentations from nearly 100 different groups. And uh, these are folks who shared upsetting, often first-hand details of one of the fastest-growing crimes here in Canada. And by one estimate, the second largest source of illegal income in the world. And yet, despite being so widespread, despite it being so lucrative, human trafficking is a well-hidden crime, often preying on the young and the vulnerable, and operating in the shadows unnoticed by the rest of us in society. A wide variety of factors let human trafficking thrive, and there are no simple solutions to getting rid of it. However, Alberta's Human Trafficking Task Force has compiled several calls to action that will make it much more difficult for this crime to continue. And just as importantly, it will empower the survivors of human trafficking to recover from their experiences and to see justice done. One of the main recommendations, for example, is to create an Alberta office to combat trafficking in persons. Now, this office would be a, a partnership between government and the community. It would provide support and access to services to victims and survivors of human trafficking. 
Because indigenous women, sadly, are a primary target of human traffickers and are grossly overrepresented among its victims, this office would need to form a strong partnership with the indigenous community. An indigenous-specific response would need to be incorporated in every aspect of the office's operations, support, training, education, as well as outreach. All told, the report contains 19 calls to action, and 18 of those we have already accepted or have accepted in principle. Several of these uh, calls to action specifically pertain to the Ministry of Justice and Solicitor General, and I'll go through a, a few. They include reviewing the effectiveness of the, uh, the legislation called the Protecting Survivors of Human Trafficking Act, reviewing laws and policies related to body rub establishments, ensuring that Crown prosecutors follow human trafficking uh, cases from beginning to end, and ensuring the availability of expert witnesses during human trafficking trials. And fourth, creating a center of excellence for data and research collection. Some other recommendations involve awareness and education campaigns, which would take this repulsive practice out of the darkness and into the light. And we see this as a priority, and that's why Alberta is currently developing a training module for all victim service units and specialized human trafficking victim service, uh, servicing organizations. Um, further to that, a publicly accessible version will be made available later this year. We have a responsibility to do our part to end human trafficking, as Premier said. Here in Alberta, it will be a challenge, but it's vital that we rise to meet it. So thank you very much, and I'll now invite Minister Schultz to come and, and give remarks. Well, thank you so much, Minister Shandro, and good afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much, Premier Kenny, for your dedication to this and making sure that this was included in our platform, as I know that this work is so exceptionally important. I do want to thank everybody who's here today for your dedication in coming together to um, work together on the fight against human trafficking. 95% of victims of human trafficking are women. 72% of reported cases are women under 25, and one in five are under the age of 18. We know that Indigenous women and young people are overrepresented in these numbers. My work as the Minister of Children's Services has shown me the heartbreaking impacts of human trafficking on young um, and vulnerable families, especially children and youth. We partner with a number of community organizations through the Protection of Sexually Exploited Children Act, I have had the opportunity not only to tour these facilities, but also to meet victims of this crime, and I know how important this work of this task force is. I also am so grateful that you have taken the time to show us a path forward. This work is not only important to raise awareness of an issue that many people don't know or don't believe is happening here in Calgary, in Edmonton, in cities right across Alberta and across our country. Not only is raising awareness important, but it's also stepping up and having very real, tangible ways of addressing these issues, which this task force report does, um, because we know we need new ways of combating this crime, given what we're seeing. It, it doesn't look like it did before. We're seeing a lot of this now happening online. I think stats are 90 to 95 percent of human trafficking happens online. We need new ways to tackle this horrific crime. 
So I am so exceptionally grateful for all of you for your dedication to making Alberta a safer place, especially for young people, women and girls. Um, and it is my pleasure to introduce a key member of the Human Trafficking Task Force who's going to speak next on the important work that is underway. Uh, this person served as the Minister of My Portfolio, Children's Services, as well as Solicitor General formerly, um, but is also a dear friend of mine. So please, everybody, welcome to the podium, Heather Forsyth. Thank you, everyone, and uh, I have two roles here tonight. And the first one, I'm going to be reading a message from Paul Bratt. Paul is out of the country uh, having some time with his family, and he's also getting ready for some musical things that he's well famous for, and uh, I am honored to be able to read that. It has been an immense honor to have had the opportunity to serve my province as chair of the Alberta Human Trafficking Task Force for the past two years. I am unable to attend today as I'm on the, out of the country on vacation with my family, as well as preparing for upcoming musical performances as restrictions continue to be removed. We all have different capacities to affect change when it comes to human trafficking. Ultimately, once we are aware of the horrors of human trafficking, and that is one of the fastest growing crimes in Canada, we all have to take personal responsibilities. Upholding the right of, the, of Canadians whose lives are being impacted by modern-day slavery has charter of rights and freedoms as well as human rights implications which reach into every aspect of Canadian society. I want to thank Premier Kenny for his personal dedication and commitment to the issue of human trafficking. He is the only political leader I have met in my 17 years of advocating for trafficking victims and survivors who has taken the time and the initiative to personally write a plan to address this horrific crime. I would also like to thank the Leader of the Opposition, Rachel Notley, for agreeing to take time to meet with me to discuss the serious issue of human trafficking and the work of our task force. Combating human trafficking requires constant vigilance and cooperation across ideological and political lines. I'm thankful for the task force was able to, bring, to build a bridge towards cooperation and the discovery of common grounds related to the issue as it pertains to Alberta. I'd like to thank the Minister of Justice and Solicitor General and, uh, and the Minister of Children's Services and the 10 ministries who have collaborated on behalf of trafficking victims and survivors in Alberta. The work to attain a universal and coordinated approach is unprecedented nationally and sets the bar for the rest of Canada. I want to thank all the task force members, myself, Doug Reddy, Tyler White, Jan Fox, Chief Dale McPhee, and Patricia Vargas for their perspective and wealth of experience which they contributed to the process. I also want to thank Bonnie Johnson for her selfless assistance and vast experience to which she brought to the task force. The Reading Stone Report was created by looking through the lens of those who have been affected through trafficking experiences. Today's acceptance in full are in principle of all the report's five primary recommendations by the government Alberta is a testament to Alberta's cooperation, diligence, innovation, and dedication to meeting the needs of the most vulnerable and marginalized and upholds the individual rights of minorities. I look forward to seeing the 
implementation of these recommendations as soon as possible. That was from my dear friend, Paul, and I'm going to uh, bring greetings on behalf of the task force. I want to start off by thanking the Premier, the Justice Minister, Children's Services Minister, for all of their support and unwavering commitment to the issue of human trafficking. I will say that over the last 16 months, every single member of the task force was touched in some way by someone as we listen to survivors and stakeholders on this horrific things that are happening in our province, in our country, and in our world. Our report is dedicated to all those at risk or are currently being trafficked, recovering from the drama of being trafficked, and to those who have lost their lives as a result of this horrific crime. There are many, many forms of human trafficking, but the three main ones are sex trafficking, labor trafficking, and the harvesting of organ trafficking. It is important for people to understand that human trafficking is a lucrative $150 billion per year global industry. It is the second largest source of illegal income in the world. The average age that children are trafficked is 13 and younger in the indigenous communities. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in Canada today, and it is increasing in Alberta. Our task force provided five primary recommendations. Our first recommendation, we believe, if implemented, will position Alberta as a leader nationally and internationally, and it is the creation of an Alberta office to combat trafficking in persons. As I've indicated in the beginning of my remarks, all task members were touched by the stories we heard from victims and survivors. I have spent the majority of my adult career working on what I call the dark side. Child prostitution, sexual exploitation, child pornography, and human trafficking. And it needs to stop. And it needs to stop today. With the task force recommendations as a province, we can make a difference, Premier. I want to thank my task force members, and I want to thank Bonnie Johnston, and I want to especially thank the victims and the survivors who have shared their stories with us. We can change the world and make it a better place. It is in your hands to make a difference. Thank you. I'd like to now introduce, sorry, Jessica Watney Campbell, who is the president of Reset Society of Calgary. Thank you, Heather. We are honoured to host Premier Kenny, Minister Shandro and Minister Schultz and the representatives of the Alberta Human Trafficking Task Force for this important milestone to end human trafficking. Reset has been on the front line in Calgary fighting this societal issue for over 30 years. We operated in the shadows for many of those years in order to protect the anonymity of the women and girls in our program. Five years ago, we decided to make the pivotal decision to emerge from the shadows in order to bring attention to the issue itself. Today, we celebrate another crucial move. The recommendations of the task force highlight the absolute necessity to stand together with a collaborative and coordinated approach. We couldn't agree more. 
We consistently face wait lists that we don't have capacity for, and navigating the systems to ensure our support is client-centered takes a workforce. We pride ourselves on the evolution of our program to deliver individualized wraparound support that is survivor-led, trauma-informed, built on trust, and there for life. We are ecstatic the principles identified by the task force confirm the reset model, and we fully anticipate the recommendations will strengthen awareness and access to support. Human trafficking is a societal issue, and it needs society in its entirety to believe it can cease to exist. Every victim of this horrendous crime should know there is a way out. I'm very pleased to introduce Kate Quinn, Executive Director of CEASE, and April Eve Weiberg, member of the Miccosu Cree First Nation and sexual exploitation survivor advocate. Good afternoon. We are so pleased to be, reach this pivotal moment in Alberta. Today, April Eve and I traveled through Treaty 6 traditional territories and Métis Region 4 to reach Treaty 7 territories and Métis Region 3. We took the eastern way out of Edmonton, driving through Leduc County and Wetaskiwin County, remembering our sisters whose lives were stolen. We share these beautiful lands we call Alberta. We need to work together to heal the land, create healing spaces for those who have suffered such pain and indignity, heal the hearts and minds of those who commit the crimes associated with human trafficking, and at the same time, hold them accountable for the harm they have created. We want to thank Premier Kenny, uh, Minister Shandro, and Minister Schultz, and Heather Forsyth. We want to thank the government of Alberta and all the government staff who supported the work of the task force. We thank the members of the Alberta Human Trafficking Task Force for their diligent dedication of time. We thank them for listening to those who have survived trafficking experiences and listening to the parents of those who have not survived. We thank them for listening to the experiences of community organizations and for working diligently with all. We look forward to the day when we do not see these headlines. Edmonton Journal, March 2nd, 2022. Couple charged with trafficking of teen. The two were charged with who were charged with trafficking are young themselves, 20 years old, 19 years old. Police believe there are other victims. This has to stop. Calgary Herald, September 19, 29, 2021. Human trafficking charges laid against Calgary man. The man is 28. He forced his girlfriend into the sex trade. Men paid to access her body and her boyfriend profited. This has to stop. Lethbridge Herald, August 13th, 2021. Lethbridge police lay charges in an alleged human trafficking ring. 10 Lethbridge and Calgary men were charged with sexual exploitation of a 15-year-old girl. They had selected her, groomed her, and brought her to locations where they abused her. Police believe there are other victims. This has to stop. 
City News Everywhere, April 13, 2021. RCMP investigations result in pair of human trafficking charges. Owners of a Calgary-based cleaning business recruited individuals through the Temporary Foreign Workers Program and used them for personal financial gain. Customers in Calgary paid this cleaning company not knowing they were participating in labor trafficking. This has to stop. The exploited children and adults behind these headlines are why we are standing here today. We can never forget them. Their stories move us forward into preventing this harm from happening to others. Just as the task force members listen to survivors, this must continue as we build upon the good services that do exist and as we shape future supports and mechanisms for organizations, government ministries, individuals, families, and Indigenous communities to work together. Some men in Alberta think it's okay and that it's their right to buy sexual services from children. This has to stop. Most men who buy sex services cannot see the difference between a woman who is trafficked or a woman, a gender diverse person who may freely choose to sell sex services, or women or gender diverse persons who may be forced to sell sex services through circumstances of great vulnerability in our province. This has to stop. The actions of these men drive the profit motive for the sex industry businesses, trafficking rings, boyfriends, and young people like the couple in the March story who lure, groom, recruit, and force children and young adults into the sex trade. This has to stop. We need to change the circumstances that increase vulnerability to sexual exploitation and sex trafficking. The collaborative action to remove these task force recommendations into reality will make a key difference in the lives of those who are suffering. The diligent work of the task force will bear fruit as our government ministries, law enforcement, civil society organizations, individuals and families work together to make hope visible. This task force report provides a roadmap for the future, grounded in six guiding principles and listening to the voices of survivor. We invite everyone who is listening and those who will listen in the future to join in this great work and we long for the day when we can say we have radically reduced human trafficking in Alberta. And now I'd like to introduce April Eve. Thank you, Kate. <clears throat> uh, my name is April Eve and I am many things. I'm a mother of two and member of the Miksu Cree First Nation Treaty 8. I'm the great-granddaughter of the late Chief Mixu Martin and headman Thomas Jabot, both who signed Treaty 8 for my nation. I'm the daughter of an Indian residential school survivor. I'm a missing, murdered, and exploited Indigenous peoples family member, survivor, leader, movement builder, and founder of the Stolen Sisters and Brothers Action Movement, which is a local grassroots movement taking action and addressing the serious and ongoing human rights crisis of missing, murdered, and exploited Indigenous people. I'm also a survivor of commercialized sexual exploitation. I am a miracle. As a survivor, I suffered in the silence of shame and guilt for years, and on many occasions, addiction, depression, anxiety, PTSD almost took my life. 
It was only until I found peer support-led programs through CEASE, the Centre to End All Sexual Exploitation, that I was finally able to find the courage to lift the veil of shame and secrecy to begin to share my truth. In 2017, I shared my story with the National Inquiry on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls. I was terrified to do so, but I knew I had to break my silence in order to finally to begin to heal the trauma that I had experienced while being exploited. The topic of sexual exploitation of Indigenous peoples is very much stigmatized and difficult to talk about in our communities. The exploitation and trafficking of Indigenous peoples has been occurring since first European contact with Christopher Columbus. Columbus being one of the first reported and documented traffickers of Indigenous people. I believe only, the only way we can disrupt and combat this threat to the safety of our women, girls, gender diverse men and boys is to begin by sharing our stories as survivors in cost-free, judgment-free, safe, loving, welcoming and culturally appropriate spaces. Race-based anti-human trafficking data tells us that Indigenous women and girls make up for at least 50% of the reported cases of human trafficking in Canada for the purposes of sexual exploitation. Additional data tells us that only 4.9% of the entire Canadian population self-identify as Indigenous, Métis, Inuit, non-status, First Nation. The over-representation mentioned here today of Indigenous people is staggering and alarming. The buyers, exploiters, profiteers are specifically targeting Indigenous people as they see us as easy targets, subhuman, and disposable. Assuming it lowers their risk of being reported and convicted of a crime, this must change. The human rights crisis of missing or murdered and exploited Indigenous people is directly connected to the threat of domestic human trafficking and sexual exploitation. But yet it is not the only factor with the MMEIP crisis. We need to keep socialising the issue of sexual exploitation and human trafficking. We need to know the issue in order to solve the issue. We must work towards sexual exploitation prevention as well reducing the demand for sex buying and trafficking through increased public education, policy and legislative reform in every, each and every community, government and sector, both Indigenous and non-Indigenous. My hope is for our province and communities to continue to support survivors like me with efforts on building towards collaboration, awareness, justice and action like we're seeing today. No more stolen sisters and brothers. And um, in my language, hi hi Kananaskumpton and, and thank you to all of you that worked to get us to this point today. I know we have a lot of work to do. Um, I've only myself um, seen a, a little bit of, of the report. However, um, I was overcome with gratitude because I really, truly feel like we were heard. We were finally heard and believed, right? So thank you so much. All of my relations. Thank you.
Thank you to all of our speakers. Due to the nature of this issue, we will not be taking off-topic questions today. The Premier did a press conference on Friday. He did a radio call and show yesterday, and he will be having a press conference tomorrow. With that, we'll start with questions on the floor. Please go ahead. Hi, Terry Trumbath, CBC News. Um, my question's for April Eve, actually. Um, in the call to action, calls to action under number three, there's a lot about education. You talked a lot about education, and um, there's a lot of calls for, you know, victim services education. Um, I'm wondering yourself, with your position, the importance to you personally that there's education upstream for young boys and young men in this. So um, to answer your question, um, it really has to start with education, right? I know um, my late sister survivor, Gloria Napatung, we had the opportunity a number of years ago to ask a panel of top RCMP from K Division if they believed that there was a connection with the issue of missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls in Canada and domestic human trafficking for the purposes of sexual exploitation. And the panel of the four members, they each said no, and we were really alarmed to hear that and we thought man we have a lot of work to do just raising awareness within law enforcement so I think like our community as a whole like there has to be a community-wide very broad education um, campaign um, and and like you mentioned like ask like reaching the the hearts and minds of the young boys that are um, they themselves are groomed in a way to see women and girls as sexual objects that's something that they can purchase right and that needs to change thank you Thank you very much, uh, April Lee, for, for that and, and for your very powerful statement and sharing your experience. Uh, just on this point, uh, we have included mandatory content on consent as part of the sexual edu education program and the revised curriculum, starting in the elementary school grades, uh, in K-3 actually, uh, in an age-appropriate way. Uh, so that begins the to introduce uh, the issue um, at, in an age-appropriate way at the earliest ages for uh, both boys and girls to understand that uh, consent is is is, is uh, central to protecting human dignity. Thank you, Terry. Do you have a follow? Um, this might be. I don't know. Is and as far as statistics go in Alberta, are like it because it's such a a hidden, you know, a dark subject. Is it even possible to? To um, to gauge how it, how often it happens here, or how many people are affected in in this province locally, I don't know who can answer that. We spend a lot of time talking about the rate of uh, human trafficking in the problem, and it is sky high, quite frankly. Uh, we're finding more so, believe it or not, in Edmonton versus Calgary. But one just needs to see the ICE team 
and how busy they are. And I mean, we've heard recently that they're having trouble keeping up uh, on what's happening. It is uh, one of the most alarming things for me was uh, one of our presenters said that Edmonton is in the top 10 sex tourist trafficking cities in the world. And that to me was something um, that just threw me off the chair. So we need to address the issue. It's prevalent in Alberta. The high incidences uh, are, are rising dramatically. Uh, our police uh, are having trouble keeping up. So um, we need to be vigilant. Maybe I'll just, I'll just add to that as well. Thank you, Heather. And that is, uh, those are disturbing fact points. Um, one of the commitments that we made in our uh, action plan to combat human trafficking in the last uh, platform was to develop better data on this. Um, so we are providing uh, additional support to the um, alert team, uh, province-wide police that works on uh, exploitation of vulnerable people. And that's, that cooperation has led to, I think, more some more effective prosecutions, and some of those stories were mentioned. And I want to thank our police for their greater attention to all of this. Uh, but um, we do absolutely need, it says here, working with community groups, other provinces, and the federal government to collect and share better data on human trafficking and to ensure coordinated action as part of the national, national action plan to combat human trafficking. And I do note that one of the key um, recommendations of the task force that we're, whose report we're releasing today is, again, uh, enhanced centralized data collection and research. So uh, I would say that we're making progress on this, but there's a lot more work to be done. Thank you. Do we have any more questions from the floor? With that, we'll go to the phones. Operator, can you please put through our first caller? Rob Drinkwater, Canadian Press. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I'm not sure if uh, this is best answered by the Premier or Minister Shandro. Um, I'm hoping to find out a little bit more about this office to combat human trafficking that uh, you say you're moving on. What's, what will it involve? And also, uh, Minister Shandro said that um, the government has accepted 18 of the panel's 19 recommendations. What's the 19th? Thank you, Rob. And so first, about the, the office, um, the details are now um, being planned out right now for us to be able to implement uh, the, uh, to, to look at what that would look like, scoping it out. So we don't have any details at this time to be announcing on what that would be looking like. Um, I'd have to, to um, I apologize, I'd have to, to get back to you on, on the 19th recommendation. Um, I apologize for not having that offhand. We'll get it for you, Rob. Do you have a follow-up? No, that's all right. Thanks. Thanks, Rob. Operator, can you please put through our next caller? Catherine Krakowski, Alberta Today. Oh, uh, thank you. Actually, I was going to ask as well about the 19th recommendation, so if I could get that as well. Absolutely, Catherine. Um, and, and so will there be, I, I know for the nine points of action, there, this was listed on the website, um, will there be public reporting of, of progress on adopting these calls to action? Yes. No, we will be um, reporting publicly on our progress on, on these items. And um, uh, absolutely, we will be. Thanks, Minister. Catherine, do you have a follow-up? Oh, no, that's okay. Thank you. Thanks, Catherine. 
We currently only have one more caller in the queue. Operator, can you please put through our final caller? Julian Latreverse, Radio Canada. Oui, bonjour, merci. Ma question est pour le Premier ministre Jason Kenney. Monsieur Kenney, pourquoi l'éducation est tant importante dans ces appels à l'action et c'est quand qu'on peut s'attendre vraiment à voir les jeunes Albertais apprendre sur le consentement, par exemple? Oui, c'est tellement important de faire une plus pour éduquer les jeunes, euh, particulièrement de... Euh, nécessité de consentiment dans les affaires euh, sexuelles. C'est la raison pour laquelle nous avons fait un engagement électoral dans le curriculum euh, alimentaire euh, d'avoir euh, le contenu euh, obligatoire sur le thème de consentement euh, personnel. Parce que euh, c'était auparavant, c'était une euh, Euh, une question des, de manque de ce euh, principe dans les affaires sexuelles. Et alors, euh, nous voulons s'assurer que les, les jeunes, les, les, les enfants, ont cette euh, idée dans leur, euh, de, de ce principe pour se protéger des adultes qui puissent essayer d'exploiter de euh, les jeunes, les enfants, les adolescents. Euh, souvent, nous voyons dans le commerce de de trafic en personnes. Nous voyons euh, les, les criminels qui ciblent les jeunes, les adolescents. Et euh, souvent, nous parlons des enfants, des, des, des adolescents qui viennent des, euh, des familles euh, difficiles, les, les quartiers défavorisés avec, euh, avec des, des fois un manque de des balises dans leur vie. Et c'est plus facile pour les criminels de, euh, de cibler et exploiter certaines adolescents qui ont eu euh, un arrière-plan euh, difficile dans leur vie. Alors, il, il faut que nous fournissions tous les jeunes, tous les enfants, avec ce principe, cette idée dans leur esprit, de se protéger des gens qui essaient de, de, les, de, de, de les exploiter de façon sexuelle sans consentement. Julien, do you have a follow-up? Oui, merci. Euh, juste pour être certain, est-ce que ça va être en 2022 que les jeunes vont apprendre par rapport à oui. ça ou en 2023? Oui, nous, nous commençons euh, en septembre cette année. Non, excusez-moi, excusez-moi. Vous avez raison. Parce que ce, cet automne, nous commençons avec les euh, modifications au curriculum entre kindergarten et la troisième année dans les sujets comme euh, mathématiques et euh, les arts linguistiques, mais ce serait la prochaine année, 2023, où nous commencerons le nouveau curriculum dans les affaires sociales, y compris de l'éducation physique. Si je ne me trompe pas, we'll, I'll, 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 we'll just check into that and, and, and verify with you, but I think that starts in 2023. Uh, you, got, you got the answer? Uh, and I, I do, uh, and thank you, Robin, uh, Catherine, thank you for giving me the opportunity to go back and remind myself of the 19th. So this, the 19th recommendation that has not been accepted yet, this relates to the recommendation regarding um, organ donations and uh, the, the recommendation for us to move to an opt-out rather than opt-in uh, process for, for organ donations. 
This is something that we have looked at in the past, previously in, in my, my past role in, in Ministry of, of Health. Uh, we had a private member's bill as well that uh, considered us moving as a province into being opt-out rather than opt-in. Alberta does admittedly have a low donation, it's called a DPM, donation per million. Um, uh, I think we're at 19 as a province, where I think the, the rest of the country is usually in the mid-20s. I think Ontario is about 24, 26. BC as well, so we are low compared to comparative provinces. The difficulty, though, isn't necessarily, though, and, and this is a policy work that health would have to, to work on, um, and I'd leave it for health to answer uh, whether this is something that is accepted by, by government, but is it a question of us not having a, um, a big enough donor pool, or is it internal processes that actually could allow us to access those who have already opted in and making sure that tough conversations are being had so that the organ donation teams can leave. It's usually from Edmonton. Um, I think other than kidneys, almost all organ donations are out of Edmonton for us to, to be able to make sure that those organ donations are, are happening in our province. So there's quite a bit for us to do as a province to get back to comparative provinces. Um, into at least the, the mid-20s, mid but um, that's probably why Health hasn't accepted that uh, recommendation yet and doing the policy work to look into it. Thanks, everyone. That concludes.